The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. (laughs) You are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Well, welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I'm Rick Welch, and here I am alone behind the glass, Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. Cal. Aren't these nice, these little intimate ones? They are. They are. I understand why some people prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. Some people like intimacy, Andy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not me, for the record, but, you know, some people. You know, um, this is one of the uh, kind of weird because normally all the boroughs, you know, are here because we are local. We're here in the giraffe studio yeah. in beautiful in local. Local is a very flexible word given that we have Sarita and Rick Carter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they live two hours and an hour, respectively. So, But my guest that I have here in the studio, uh, we're actually off. Um, the boroughs are off this time of year. But since I had an opportunity to meet with my friend here, Chrissy Bias, we're going to talk about some things that are a little tough, and I think it's easier to do one-on-one, personally. So welcome to Giraffe Studio, Chrissy Bias. Hey, hey. Yeah, I'm really glad you're here. Thank you. So Chrissy and I met back during the Stillwaters days. So that was 2016. Wow, yeah. Yeah, seven years ago. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that wild? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, were you in it? Mm-mm. You weren't. You were in which? Yeah. You were in the library. Yeah. You were working the card catalog. <laughs> Funny enough, that one scene that we shot, it was the first one we shot, and uh, I didn't know how to do white balance properly, <laughs> and so it was so milky, nasty yellow. That's how I met Kaylee Sellers, was because oh, she you corrected like, it. Uh-huh. You were like, I need this rescued. Yeah, like, otherwise, <laughs> everything we shot was lost, and, I was, <laughs> and we did it in the Hendersonville Public Library. And they gave the main library, mm-hmm. and they gave us that time to film, which was wild. And then all of my <laughs> my footage was just yellow. Oof. It was awful. But anyway, but since we've been friends, we've you know we talk you know occasionally or reach out occasionally, and we're both writers on the side for fun and things that we like to do. And but you've had a rough past few years here, yeah. And it's and I've wa- I've I've watched you from afar go through it. And um, a lot of times, as with most people that are dealing with, you know, death of a loved one or grief, especially during the holidays, saying thoughts and prayers, you know, feels very empty. I know a lot of people say, you know, (laughs) thanks, but no thanks, you know. Yeah. But, um, so talk, talk to me. The one thing that I do know, I know that your mother was born on Christmas Day. Yes. And we're going into the Christmas holidays. This is why we decided to do this episode and release it right here prior to Christmas, because there's a lot of people that are dealing with some of the things that you are. And I just want to talk about it, especially from the perspective of a believer. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed, and I'm talking a lot, but I've noticed that believers and people who aren't have a lot of similarities. there's, There's some differences, but a lot of similarities with the grieving process. Mm-hmm. And I hate even saying it that way. Process. Yeah. Like it's a process. 
take us back. So tell us a little bit about your relationship, of course, with your mother, and then and just kind of tell us sort of like the story, how you got to where you are right now. Okay. Yeah, well, mom's birthday, of course, was Christmas Day. She hated it. <laughs> Every year she always complained, you know, my birthday's on Christmas. I always get gypped, you know, so we always made it special for mom, made sure that her gifts were separated in birthday bags and nothing to do with Christmas, a real birthday cake, the whole nine yards, which is, you know, straight up birthday slash and then Christmas. And so, you know, leading up to her passing was really hard because it's like, that was something we always did. Mm -hmm. You know, we would always celebrate her birthday and Christmas at the same time, but kind of, you know, apart from each other. Mm -hmm. And so like carrying on, Moving forward from that was the first year after she passed, I still celebrated her birthday. Mm. You know, even though that she wasn't with us, she, uh, we went out and got a, a cookie cake mm -hmm. for her and, you know, had her birthday party. And that mm. was really difficult to do. Yeah. But knowing that we did that was comforting at the same time mm -hmm. because you know we were like she was with us but she wasn't with us yeah you know sure now how so when did, when did she pass away october 12th of 2021 okay so it's been over two years now mm -hmm. yeah and i noticed you know and i'm sure the audience is hearing it now but whenever i'm with you and we talk about it, it i can tell it's still very raw it's still very much there yeah. Even after two years. Um, so how did this all happen? Because I know that it wasn't expected, right? It wasn't. Yeah, she, mom had been ill for quite some time. She had like cirrhosis of the liver, but she was living with it, you know, and she was stable and able to go and do like she normally would be able to go and do. Mm -hmm. And then um, all of a sudden. And literally, suddenly, she had, like, a serious decline in her health. Mm -hmm. And we noticed, we were like, what's going on with mom? You know, she can't hardly walk, like, across the room without getting tired. Mm -hmm. And her hospital visits were more frequent, and they didn't know why. They were like, you know, it's not her ammonia levels from, from the liver. You know, what is it? Finally, we figured out that she had liver cancer. Mm -hmm. And... There wasn't much that they could do about it because her liver was so damaged from the cirrhosis already mm -hmm. that they couldn't do a biopsy. She wasn't able to have radiation or chemo. They said, oh, give us two weeks and mm -hmm. we'll see if the mass on her liver is, you know, just from blood surrounding it. And if it shrinks in two weeks, she may be able to still have a transplant. Mm -hmm. She did not even have the two weeks. Really? Wow. Yeah. So from the time that it was diagnosed and discovered fully. 13 days. Thir from 13 wow. days. So yeah. you didn't expect it at all. You, no. You expected her to pull through it. Oh, yeah. Like she always did. You know, she was like, she called herself bulletproof, mm -hmm. you know, and even like going through that time was very hard because I'm like, this isn't real. She's going to get better. Yeah. She'll get better. She did it. Yeah. So 13 days. 13 days. No, one of the things that you talked to me about that really struck me, and I know it's the title of your book, but it really, it really hit me, was when people are with their loved one when they pass away, mm -hmm. 
And some people say that it's a beautiful thing right. to see. But that's not what you said to me. No, it isn't. No. So tell me, tell me again. Yeah, they say, oh, you know, to be with your loved one when they pass, it's a beautiful thing. For me, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I call that maybe beautifully traumatic, mm-hmm. which is the title of my book. Yeah. Because I was with mom when she passed, and I was alone, you know. Mm-hmm. My sister was there, but she was asleep on the little sofa in the hospital room. And I woke up just in time. Maybe it was meant to be. You know, maybe mom had something to do with it, like spiritually or, or something. But I woke up just in time to see her take her last two gas. Mm. Now, I've been in the medical field for years and years on end. Mm. CPR train, first aid train, AED, the whole nine yards. When I saw her take those last two breaths, even though I probably could have done something, I froze. Mm. I froze. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I was just staring at her like, what just happened? So, you know, I was like, seeing her go from so full of life, my whole life, Mm -hmm. to lifeless is traumatic. I didn't find anything beautiful about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... I've had people tell me, you know, they, their, their eyes, like they look in their eyes and then they're like, their pupils are dilated, you know, it looks like they've been looking at light, but their eyes were shut. And, mm-hmm. um, I've heard, I've heard so many different stories. They see angels or, or somebody's talking, they see a loved one or whatever, mm-hmm. but none of that happened. Um, it's kind of hard to say because the mom passed early morning, Tuesday morning. So it was like 410. Cause like I said, I was awake and I looked at the time, Mm. but it was early morning, Tuesday morning, but the Sunday prior to her passing, she was going through, I guess, one of the stages of death where Mm. they talk in their sleep and she was talking to, I don't know who, I don't know what about, but she was saying some of the craziest things. It was actually (laughs) kind of funny really, because as my sister was leaving and I was taking over for her, we both heard mom say, they didn't kill me, I promise. (laughs) 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 And we were both like... No, mom, <laughs> we, we didn't kill you, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, she wasn't awake. She was just kind of like in that state of mind. And then moving forward from that, while I was sitting there with her in the room, um, she would continue to talk and just say crazy things. And she would say, I guess like people, they say life flashes in front of your eyes when you're dying. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what was happening because it was October and, you know, Thanksgiving was coming up and the holidays. And just at random, she's like, do we have any cranberries? <laughs> I was right. like, you know, and I, and I wasn't talking back to mom because, of course, you know, she wasn't talking to me. Yeah. And then, like, a minute later, she's like, well, how about cranberry Sprite? <laughs> okay. <laughs> she was in full, like, Thanksgiving mode. Or she something. was, yeah. yeah. And I fully believe that, you know. Yeah. So, um, as far as, like, seeing angels and things like that, I, I don't know who she was seeing or who she was talking to. Yeah. But I do know this. She did say in... You know, it it bothered me for the longest time until I I talked to somebody close to me and they gave me kind of comfort about it. Mm -hmm. She did say, I don't want to hurt anymore. I just don't feel good. I want to feel better. Yeah. And when I heard her say that, you know, it hurt me. Yeah. You know? And then I talked to my aunt who, you know, she's a very spiritual woman. She's a Christian. And she was like, you know, 
she very well may have been talking to Jesus at that moment, mm. saying, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be sick anymore. I don't want to feel bad. You know, just I'm sick of being sick. Yeah. And that gave me comfort, you know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you when you're a person of the faith, we spend our time like in prayer talking to him all, you know, all the time. I don't know why it would be any different whenever we're about to exit. Right. I think for us, I mean, I guess it's not that we were morbid as Christians, but we do talk about death more than most people, I think. Mm-hmm. Or at least I think so. <laughs> I mean, it could be wrong. There's some pretty morbid cults out there too, you know, or, or different, you know, but for us, we we talk about the death of Christ. We talk about what it's like the death of the saints and, and mm-hmm. what it means to die, and you know. So it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean that she would she would be talking to him yeah. at that point in her life either. So something that we haven't talked about that I was really curious about. So what happens next? Like you're in the room. Your mother has taken her two last breaths. You're there. Mm-hmm. I know you're you're waking up your sister. Mm-hmm. At this point, and it's too late for her. Yeah. So what's going on with that? Like, how is she handling that? Yeah, so like I said, my sister was asleep on the couch. And, you know, we, we knew that we had to get some sleep because it was getting pretty late. You know, and I was like, I don't want to go to sleep because I'm afraid if I do, I'm going to wake up and mom's going to be gone. Right. So I think that I had tuned my mind to listen to the rhythmic breathing that she did have, which is about like one breath every 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I was like listening for that breath, even as I was dozing, dozing off. So listening to that, and then maybe something changed within that is what woke me up. Mm-hmm. And then she passed so quickly. There wasn't anything that I could do. Right. So then I don't even know how long I stood there. Honestly, if she'd have taken five more minutes to pass, I doubt there was anything you could do anyway. Right. You know, it's it's a funny thing to say. Yeah. You've said it twice now. Like, you talked about how you froze, which is absolutely understandable. And now you've said again, I, I don't... Look, I think some part of you feels like you should have and could have, and I don't think that's true. Right. Yeah. Because like I said, I don't know how long I stood there just staring at my mom, waiting for that next breath to come that never did, mm-hmm. you know? So then I went over and I, I got my sister. I woke her up and I was like, hey, I believe she's gone. But I felt so bad and so guilty for not getting her up in time Yeah. to see mom pass as well. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't mad at me. You know, she was like, it's okay. She was like, it's okay. Mom left peacefully and that's all that matters. You know, it, it was not your fault. It's nothing you did wrong, you know? It's it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, but just moving on from that, it's just... Does that still bother you? Yeah. So even though she's given you this look, it's okay, but it still bothers you. Yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do to get that back, right? So now you, you're just carrying it? Yeah, you know, because I feel guilty. Yeah. Because we were there with mom during her final hours and holding her hand and, you know, just, I mean, just those final moments. Mm-hmm. And... There wasn't anything I could do. She there's, was, you know, she passed so quickly at that moment. I was just, I wasn't expecting it at that second. I dare anybody so, to not be overwhelmed by that moment. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. I was sitting here thinking, what if I was doing that? You know, you've, you've never, have you ever experienced anything like this before? Never. Okay. So you don't really know, and this is your mom mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're, 
you're aware, you've been in tune to her breathing, you're, you're listening. And then this happens and you get up and I mean, you're, you're off, you've got to be in an altered state of mind. This is not your everyday thing. Right. 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 And so I can, I mean, I understand. I mean, there's nothing that I can say, but I can just tell you from my perspective, much like Andy. I can, I can picture it. Yeah. It, like I've never been in that circumstance, obviously, but I can, I can picture waiting for that breath. Yeah. Clearly. Mm-hmm. And I know that I would just be stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. I know it for a fact. And, and it was even it was even worse than that, really. That's why I say it was traumatic. It was, there was nothing beautiful about it. And some people say, oh, yeah, you know, maybe your mom chose you to be with her during that last moment. Yeah, maybe so. But it was still the experience was just, it changed me. Yeah. And it wasn't, it didn't change me for the good, you mm. know? Yeah. Because yeah. her eyes were like half open and her mouth was open. She didn't clearly look like her normal, lively, bulletproof self. Right. You know, and then she was just gone. Yeah, it's the the strangest thing. Plus, we got to take the love factor in this. You know, it's not like you're with a stranger. Right. This is your mother. Right. This is the person that you've spent all of this, your entire life with. And you have all of this. And I'm sure there's so many things you wish you could have talked about and said and you know, all of those things are kind of hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's kind of move forward from this just a little bit. So this has happened. I guess now you're having to tell the doctors or the nurses or whatever that this is happening. They're coming in to check. Yeah. Yeah. So it was actually, I got mad because, you know, I mean, other than the fact that it was four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, probably approaching five o'clock by this point, you know, we, we called the nurses front desk and they answered in they were like um does she need more medica- more medication i was like no <laughs> you know just we need you to come in here and i was frustrated i was like why would they say that knowing that mom was dying you know it's like why why wouldn't they just come in and, and check to see what we needed or what she needed without just saying that yeah you know? don't don't they have warning signs when the vitals stop like she a, didn't have anything on her. Oh, she didn't? No. Yeah, only if you need assistance breathing and or something like that would you have a – but if you would need to need assistance. Because this yeah. was this was a the, the room where this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never been in a room like that. All yeah. I've ever been in is in like recovery after a major surgery or something and everything is hooked to you. And so, I mean, if anything happens to that line, they know about it. Oh, yeah. But the only thing she had room. was like she had oxygen, you know, on, mm-hmm. um, and that was it. She didn't have any kind of vital signs monitoring. Nothing. She, you know, they they were just waiting for her to pass, basically. And you know, it was very difficult because we called the, like I said, we called the nurse, and that's like, oh, does she need medication? No, we just need you to come in here, you know. And the doctor was not even on the floor. He was off in, at the other hospital site or somewhere, not even in the same building. So the two nurses had to come in and confirm it. The doctor wasn't even able to, but that was a hard thing to watch. You see it on TV all the time, you know, where they, you know, both like check for a pulse and listen with the stethoscope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then they look at the clock. I witnessed that live. Yeah. You know, one of them listened to see if mom had a heartbeat. The other one listened to see if mom had a heartbeat. Then they both looked at the clock Mm. and then I knew. And they lowered her bed down and took the oxygen off. And I was like, she's gone. Yeah. 
Man. So where do you go from there now? So like what the- blows my mind and and this feels slightly inappropriate to say, but it just I have to cuz it just it just like explodes my brain is that's a Wednesday for those two nurses. Right. That is a Wednesday yeah. for that's them. A, yeah. a typical day, yep. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Which yeah. I guess maybe the other side of that is like it does happen. It always happens. Maybe a better understanding of that would not be terrible for us. They say that thinking honestly about death and concentrating on death makes you a nicer, more patient, caring person. They've done like studies where they yeah, where they've like they like make people think about death. They're like think you know what I mean? Yeah. And and literally on the other side of that, temporarily, people are more patient and more giving. Mm-hmm. Which is a I don't I don't know that that's the a secret formula for anything, but it's an interesting fact. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with doctors. I mean, I do. And, um, you know, sometimes I feel like they're negligent, you know, and I've, I've witnessed negligence and it's like, and and I know it's a Wednesday for them, right? It was actually a Tuesday morning for them and that's their job. And they're probably getting close to the end of their shift because they were the all-nighters, you know, and they're doing their job and they are, but, you know, sometimes you... You know, think about the person that's right beside you. You know, this person is going through devastating circumstances. You know what they call a doctor that graduates at the bottom of his class? What? Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bum, 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 right. I don't, hey, I finally yeah, had a joke. <laughs> you did. You need to get out the prices right one for that one. But so this is something that I've always wondered about, okay, because the deaths that I have encountered have usually been in the home. Mm-hmm. This is in a hospital setting. Yeah. So what happens? Do you just grab your purse and go home or, or like? No. Um, that was actually pretty, pretty harsh as well because we were not allowed to leave the hospital room until we had made arrangements. While she's still in mom. there. Yeah. So arrangements. Funeral arrangements. In the hospital? In the hospital. In that room in that morning? They ha- they needed to know where we were going to have a funeral and, like, if she was going to be cremated or buried. They, they needed to know all of that information. They, they couldn't they – could, so they don't just take the body to the morgue and wait. No. They do it right then. Right there. And we were like, uh, okay, let's just – see where we're going to do this at. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is crazy. So yeah. you got 13 days into a diagnosis, and mm-hmm. then now she's gone, and now you and your sister have to make all the arrangements yeah. in the hospital yeah. room? And, you know, while we were— <laughs> There's something just wrong with that dude. That's what I'm saying. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like, God, give him a minute. Yeah, exactly. But so Tana and I, my sister, we both knew that this was coming clearly. You know, that's why we were there, you yeah. know, and it was inevitable that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of already on that page looking oh, okay. to try to see, you know, what we were going to do, where we were going to have the the ceremony and all that, you know. So we were already kind of one step ahead, but I don't think it was right that they were like, okay, we, we need to know where and when, you know, before y'all are able to leave. And I'm like, okay. So we had to sit there and, you know, we, we decided that she was – mom always decided that she wanted to be cremated because we've always talked about – what a waste of land it is for all these people to be buried. You know, it's like they could build 
other things there, but you have all these bodies that are buried, you know? So it's just like, I want to be cremated, you know? Most expensive real estate in the world is funeral <laughs> plots. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, she she always said she wanted to be cremated or her body donated to science, and we didn't want to do that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we she was cremated, and we just found what was affordable for us at that time and went with that, you know? And then we gave them the information, and then we could leave. And... I kind of wanted to stick around while they took mom out, but my sister, she was like, no, you really don't want to see that. You don't want to see them clean her up and, you know, cover her and take her out. So when we were able to, we just left the room and shut the door, Mm. and that was it. Mm. So where do you go from there? So now you've walked out of the room. It was so several. Are you, you're, are you, you're not going to see your mother again, right? No, that's it. Yeah, until the other side, you know. I just mean in regards to like you're not going to have a funeral with an open casket. She wants to be cremated. No, so she was. Yeah, she when was. When you cremated. exited that room, so you went through all of this. You mm-hmm. exited that room. The end. Yeah, that was it. When that door shut, I knew. Yeah. I would never see her again. Wow. So, do you and your sister go to the same place? Do you leave and go together somewhere? Or what do you do after that? You know, I think we we drove separately. So, I was by myself driving home. And she was too. But she's like, you need to get some sleep. I was like, okay. How does that happen? You right, know? yeah. Yeah. Um, but kind of just froze, even at home. Mm-hmm. Just, you didn't want to do anything. Don't want to go anywhere. Just, and by that point, it hasn't really hit you yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though you see it, you know it's happened, but the feeling of it hasn't actually hit. The reality is just like, you know, you're still waiting to talk to mom. You're still waiting to hear from mom. And the longer it goes without, that's when that reality starts to sink in, you know. And then those memories of her in the hospital room resurface. And me waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning happened for weeks. Really? Like the same time, like you're waking up at Mm -hmm. that exact same time? For weeks, yep. Because I just... It's like it burned itself into your psyche and it Mm -hmm. started this internal clock or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I would wake up in the middle of the night and just look at the clock. Yep, it's four o'clock, you know. So, and like I said, you know, that that happened for some time. And it took me a while to really adjust to just what happened. Not just the passing of my mom, but witnessing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it was in my thoughts, you know, in my dreams, you know, just, I mean, just, I I couldn't escape it, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, not that I would want to, but it was just like, kind of like haunting me, really. Mm-hmm. Just the whole, oh my gosh, feeling of, what just happened? Oh my yeah. gosh, she's not breathing. Just, there's nothing I can do, you know? Yeah. 
and, and you just continuous to continue to carry it. Yeah, like that it doesn't leave. It just right. it's like lingering. Right. I remember whenever Rachel died. This is uh, Alan Riley, my is a really good friend of mine. They raised me for a while. When uh, she died in a car wreck, it was. I mean, it's it was instant. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. Like I found out at night, long after it had happened, and just that sudden realization that I'm never going to see her ever again. The last things that we talked about, like everything, and I, like I I don't know what it was, but it lasted for a long time mm-hmm. where it just there was this emptiness, this void. I just there was nothing I could do, and I had a dream that she was talking to me through a behind a door that had that was lit up and yeah, I mean, it was wild. It was mm-hmm. a really weird thing. Your brain does some strange stuff. Yeah. At that time. I've heard a lot of people say it's spiritual and I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's our brains. Like our brains are trying to process mm-hmm. this. I hate using that word, but it is what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, maybe that's a good thing that we do that. I don't know. I mean, it's part of it maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it's like even after that, you know, the days, the weeks, and even the months after just changed me because my everyday life was not the same yeah. anymore. Time, though it kept going, for me, time stopped. Yeah. And I couldn't get my stuff together, you know. I mean, dishes were piling up. Laundry was overdue to being done. And my daughter was being late for school, like, every morning because time just stopped for me. Yeah. But it didn't in reality. Right, of course. You know, so I couldn't get I, I couldn't get it together, yeah. you know, because I was, like, just kind of froze still in that moment. And I couldn't be by myself. Being by myself was hard because I would literally sit in the room, in my house, in silence. The TV wouldn't be on. The radio wouldn't be on. I would just be sitting there just trying to process everything. And the silence would be deafening, Mm. you know, because it's like, you know you got to get up. You know there's things you got to do. You know you got to move. You know you know you got to get yourself out of this state of mind that you're in but you can't yeah i remember this of course happening october 12th and you guys were a big holiday family right yeah because i I remember all of your posts like i used to love looking at your posts (laughs) you know during the holidays you know prior to that it Mm -hmm. was because you guys went all out man and so i saw a couple posts during that time where it was a very different chrissy like you hated hate it like it was like you loathed those holidays you know yeah yeah i i really did you know and even now it's just like here's the holidays again yeah it's that time of year i've seen that post too i was like well it's that time of year (laughs) yeah suck fest you know can't we like just fast forward to march right (laughs) yeah (laughs) but again you, you can't do that so what do we do we press on we keep going mm. you force yourself to move mm. you know that october 12th she passed october 31st we still took the kids out trick-or-treating mm. we still made it happen was it painful heck yeah it was yeah. you know did we want mom to be there absolutely yeah you know but time doesn't stop you know mm-hmm. you still got to do what you got to do no yeah. matter how hard it is you yeah. know sure I would just, you know, sometimes I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves too, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, time has to move on, but maybe it doesn't have to be the same way as it once was. Yeah. 
I think about it, unfortunately, in terms of bills. Yeah. Because it just doesn't like... Duke doesn't care. They don't. They don't. It doesn't change. Nobody gives you an extra week. Right. You know what I mean? It's just... It's... it's, The machinations of the living are relentless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They just are. And you know what? I don't know that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Because is it better for... I mean, is an ideal world where everything takes a pause and you get to sit there alone in the silence yeah, and the dark? Is that it. an ideal world? I'm not sure that is. Right. Yeah, no. I'm not sure giving you the time that people think they need. I don't know that that's the answer because I've seen what people in the wrong place in their lives do with time. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily bad. It's just frequently nothing. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that's helpful. Yeah. And it's, although... The other side of it, the being forced to move on, is mm-hmm. also awful. Yeah. But but at least it's not nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So basically, what you just said is true, and what Christy said is true. You know, the machinations of this world are happening, and you just got to go on. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe, you know, that's just how, it's, that's just how it is always going to be. Yeah. But you don't want to, though. I mean, you want to just stay in the corner, cover yourself from head to toe, and just be there. Yeah. And just, you know, let the world happen around you. Because mm-hmm. that's what I felt like. You know, I just, I, I didn't want to do anything. You know, I just wanted to sit in the silence. What about the consoling words of others? What was that like for you? It's almost like, you know, oh, we'll pray for you. Sorry for your loss. You know, I mean, and it's all well and good. Everybody means well when they say those right. things. Right. That's the same way that I think. You know? Yeah. Like I, I've seen, you know, I see people that are going through what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the worst times to type a message or yeah. to t- make a phone call. For me, it's like, if I wish I could just pick you up and put you inside my head then you'd understand that none yeah. of these words are working for me. Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I, I'm on the other side of it. I, I am very bad at that because <laughs> you like tap something out and it feels completely hollow. <laughs> and then you like back it back up. You're yeah. just mm-hmm. like, how do I say something that doesn't sound trite? Right. And I don't, I don't know how. I've never figured that out. Yeah. But the thing about it is, is, you know, they come to you, they console you, you know, they give you their best um, condolences that they can at that time. And time passes. And as time passes, you're still grieving. Mm -hmm. But people put a time limit on grieving, especially those who haven't experienced it. Oh, yeah. I've heard that too. Yes. It's like— You're not over that yet? Right. You know, it's like, oh, you, you your mom passed three months ago, and, and you're you're not— Yeah, like death— Back to your— Like, no, yeah. like death's like going through a McDonald's drive-thru. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you got your order. I mean, what's up now, you know? So they, so they don't really understand. It's like, you know, and especially we had a celebration of life for my mom, mm-hmm. you know, and it was very beautiful. I mean, she's beach lover, so it was beach-themed and had all of her favorite songs— playing and her favorite foods there. I mean, it was totally mom and she would have loved it, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like... All right, after- give me a part of the playlist. <laughs> yeah, what was on the playlist? feels important for no reason at all. Her favorite song, and it took me forever to even listen to the song without crying, but her favorite song, and she even told me, she's like, I want this played at my funeral. Okay, mom, but I thought I had more time than what I really did. Right, you know? sure, everybody does. But yeah. she said, um, the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow... By that um, Hawaiian guy, yeah, Iz or Iz, yeah. Or whatever. yeah, that was her uh, favorite. They played at the end of Fifty First Dates. Yes. Oh, that would kill me at a funeral. I know. <laughs> that would kill me. At yeah, a but I mean, she, she loved it, and so we played it. 
And yeah, it, it was hard to hear, but we know that mom appreciated that, you know, that we, you know, honored her favorite song there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of many, <laughs> like she had an extensive playlist. So, you know, just going into that would be take all night. <laughs> yeah. But you said she had a, like a wide range of tastes. Like oh, yeah. she didn't just hang out in that one spot. Like she listened to everything. Well, everything. That's, a, that's a good example. <laughs> yeah. That's an, and an excellent choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But so like after the celebration of life, you know, everybody packs up, they goes home and then their life continues. They go back to work the next day, right. you know, and they don't miss a beat. But you do, yeah. you know, and you're expected to bounce back. Everything's fine. Everything's good, but it's not. And some people don't understand that because it's like, why are you not happy? You know, why are you so moody? Why are you so mad? It's like, uh, hello. <laughs> yeah. Do you not know what just happened? Mm-hmm. And so unless those who have really experienced it themselves, they just don't get it. Yeah. You know? Sure. But, you know what? There was a woman um, – her son uh, had went with some friends down not far from here at Lake Summit, Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the teenage boys like to do is to jump off the trestle into the lake. And um, this young man jumped in and uh, he was out in the middle of the lake. He cramps up. His friends are trying to save him. He's basically drowning his friends because he's terrified. And he ends up drowning in this lake and it takes them days to find his body. Okay. And this mother of course is inconsolable. Her baby's at the bottom of a lake and that's just the reality of it. Mm -hmm. I can't say it any other way. Right. When they finally found him, um, there was this relief that she had, the mother had that they'd found her baby. Right. So now she can put him to rest, you know, once and for all. And so the whole community, we're all dying. Like we, we really are because we feel for her. Mm-hmm. And we go to the funeral, and there was this old black minister. She was a, she was a black woman. Was this old black minister. I mean, he had to be mid seventies, maybe early eighties. Mm-hmm. And he got up and he prayed. And in his prayer, he said, "Father." I don't pray for her, for my sister, just for today. Because right now she has everyone around her that love her mm-hmm. and are with her and are talking to you just like I am right now. Mm-hmm. He said, but I'm asking you to be with her when they've all went home. Exactly. There is something about that prayer that when he said it, I thought, yes, mm-hmm. that's the time. Exactly. That's the time. When the dust settles. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 Because I found myself being angry. Like, my mom was very young. She was only 62 when she passed. Yeah, and that is young. She had, like, so much more life to live. She even talked about it. You know, she wanted to see the grandkids grow up. She wanted to see my nephew graduate, you know, the twins that um, were in the hospital. She wanted to see them, you know, grow up and help take care of them. I mean, she had so much life left to live mm-hmm. that was cut so short abruptly, mm-hmm. you know? And so see, you know, I worked at a medical office, you know, a family practitioner's office and checking in and out patients, you would see these daughters come in with their mothers, their mothers being elderly. And I would just get so mad. I'm like, why, why, why does she get to live to be 80 and 90? And my mom didn't, Yeah, you know, why do you still get to have time with your mom? And I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. 
just, oh, I was so mad. Just like, Who why? were you angry at? Just the fact that mom's life just was cut the fact. short. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't you know? like towards God or anything at any point? No. No. Because, I mean, I know there's a reason for everything. And, of course, God took her home because of his own reasons. Of course. But it's just like— That's the side of it from a believer is what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah. you know, some people just get mad at God. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. You appointed the day. I don't approve. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, that happens. I mean, people feel yeah. that way. I mean, I never got mad at God, you know, because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Clearly, you know, and I found kind of closure and peace with the fact that mom never really let on exactly how she felt because she, she was always like a go-getter, you know, up and running all the time. So if she felt bad, she would not let you know, mm. you know. And so the more and more sick she got, you know, the more ill she was, maybe she really felt worse than what she was really letting on. And God said, hey, it's time. Come home. You've suffered enough. You Hearing know? you say it like that makes me believe your aunt's reasoning mm-hmm. that your mother was talking to him yeah, because she wouldn't say it to you guys, yeah, but she would say it to him. Right. So does that give you any kind of comfort knowing that between her and her maker, mm-hmm. that she had said the truth for herself? Yeah. Maybe she didn't know you guys were around. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But she talked to him and said, okay, you know, your child's worn out. I'm wore out. Yeah. And like I said, that did give me, that gave me peace. And comfort, because like I said, we didn't really know what was truly going on on the inside of mom, you know, and her mind wasn't exactly 100% like it had used to be, you know, because mm-hmm. the um, encephalitis of the toxins from the liver and all that was just, she had it rough, you know, that we could see, yeah. much less what we knew about, you know, what she was feeling every day and just, so God had a reason, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not mad at God for that, you know. Yeah. But I was just mad at the fact that I didn't have a mom anymore. Right. And all these other people did. Yeah. And some people take advantage of that. Oh, you know, you know, me and my mom don't have the best relationship. Why? Oh, yeah. You know, why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. You said that to me, too. Yeah. My father and I have recently really reconciled, and I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for it, you know. But I had so many people, so many men tell me, like, look, I would give anything for one second with my father. Mm -hmm. Don't waste another minute. Go reconcile. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I get it now. But at the time, I was incredibly, I was butthurt and I was right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I'd rather be wrong and have my dad. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Because like I said, you know, I mean, mom and I, we butted heads so much. And she was not the easiest person to live with. You mm-hmm. know, she wasn't the easiest person to be around, like, 100%, you know. Um, but she's still my mom, you know. I still love her to death. And I always will, always have, you know, yeah. because she was my mom, always there for me. She had my back, no matter what, thick and thin. She was there. We could be so mad at each other, straight up, just, you know, not talking, but you let something go wrong with me, you let something me, you know, something happen, she's right there. Yeah. Regardless. And she was the type of woman that yell and scream at you, you know, oh, I can't believe you did this, you know, we'd be so mad at each other. But then she would come up and hug me. And I'm like, why are you hugging me? I'm still so mad at you. You know, it's yeah. like, don't hug me because I'm just gonna cry. But she would hug me and then it would all be okay. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you did it again. I'm still mad, but you won't let me be. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. But so it's like, you know, when these people say, oh, you know, me and my mom, we don't have the best relationship, 
they will regret it. Yeah. You know, and I promise you that because mm-hmm. what they're feeling now, this tension between their mom and everything, what they're feeling now, none of that is going to matter when they lose their mom because mm-hmm. there's things that you don't know about that you have when you have your mom until you don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like there's constant reassurance that you have. There's that constant stability that you feel that you have with your mom. There's the um, security that you have. You know These things I took advantage of Yeah, because I always thought I would have them. Who thought that my mom was going to die at 62? Mm-hmm. You know, but she did abruptly, you know, and it was like, what the heck? Yeah. What, what just happened? You know, and I, I literally felt like a baby bird had just been flicked out of the nest, learning to fly, just like, where am I going? What am I doing? You know, how mm-hmm. am I going to get through this? You know, and that's why I say, you know, if you still have your mom, you really need to reconnect, you know. Now, so what about your mom's mom? You knew her, I assume that Memo. she Mama. Okay, yeah. so how long how long had she been gone before your mom? Yeah, my timeline, man. So, mom died October twelfth, twenty one. My aunt died thirteen days later. Wow, so like thirteen diagnosis, then death, Oof. and thirteen days later, then my aunt passed away. Yep, she followed mom's path. This was your mom's sister. My mom's sister, mm-hmm. and she was totally fine. There was nothing wrong with her. She fell and hit her head, and she was on a blood thinner, and that spun everything out of control. Wow. Yeah, and so a second death in the family, you know, and then um, this before mom was my best friend in August. My coworker, she passed, and I was like, okay, um, you know, what's going on with all these deaths? Now, sorry to take a little side note here, but anybody ever say it always happens in threes to you? (laughs) You ever heard this? Yes. Did somebody say that to you? Uh, Yeah. Did you want to punch them in the mouth? (laughs) I'm like, three times what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because, um, like I said, after my aunt passed, um, nine, we'll see, October to July, what's that, nine months? Yeah. Was... When my grandmother passed. Okay, so your mom's... Mom. Mom. Okay, so she lived through the death of her two daughters. Yes. She lost two daughters two weeks apart. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oof. And that really, I think that's why she passed so quickly, because she couldn't handle it, you know, losing two kids. Sure. Yeah. Back to back like that, you know. And she was utterly herself, and she had her own health problems, you know, but still... Did you talk to her? Um, not really, because she was living kind of away from me at the time, mm-hmm. in the care of um, like my cousin, mm-hmm. who I, you know I don't really talk to that often. Mm-hmm. But um, so I didn't really get the chance to say goodbye to Memal. So in one year, you lost a coworker, mm-hmm. your mother, your mm-hmm. aunt, and your grandmother. Yeah. Within a year span. Yeah. So where's this death comes in threes? Because I'm like three times what? It's right. Like, you know? And I mean, there were several others, like within two years, I think I lost like seven people. Wow. Seven funerals that I had to attend, you know, seven. And I'm like, that's that. That's enough. We're done. Stop. That's got to do a number on the brain. Yeah. I kind of went numb to it, you know? Like my latest- um, Oh, yeah. Death is a part of life. <laughs> You've heard that, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, you just want to vomit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure is. Seven times. <laughs> Seven times it's been a part of my life. Yeah. Jeez. 
so my cousin, he's the latest one that passed. He passed away um, this past September, September 3rd. And by that point, when I heard about his death, and he, he passed um, unexpectedly as well of an accidental overdose. Ugh. And so it's like, after him, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> just like, what's next? You know, I mean, because you just kind of go numb to it. You're just like, yeah, really questioning. At that point, I did kind of question God, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what's going on? You know, yeah. what are you trying to show me here? You know, like, I, I kind of felt like Job in the Bible almost, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like, no, I don't know. You know, why so much all at once? Yeah, it's weird because, like, so those individuals are having their time, right? They're, they're dying in their time, mm-hmm. right? But we don't think about the adverse effects of the people that surround it, right? And right. so because all of us connect to this one God, then we're talking to him from our perspective, mm-hmm. right? And it's always been such a strange thought for me, you know, because what you're thinking is not necessarily what your sister might be thinking or right. your coworker's family might be thinking or mm-hmm. whatever it might be for each individual, you know? And so I guess my point is, is that I came to that place and I've never went through what you've been through. So um, I came to that place though in my life where I thought, I don't think that I'm going to question that. Of course, I've never lived through it. See mm-hmm. how easy it is for me to say that? I've never been in your shoes, right? So I think, I, you know, I'd like to think, mm-hmm. which is, you know, worth its nothing, but, you know, that it's not just about me. This, you know, yes, I, I like how you said, what, I'm, what am I supposed to learn from this? Mm-hmm. Because it's not just why me. Yeah. It's, okay, fine. You're the one, you know what's up. Yeah. So what do I take from this? Yeah. So let's fast forward to now, and I'll ask you the question. What did you get from it? Well, I mean, it was definitely a hard journey. You know, I mean, there were times that I didn't think that I was going to come through it. Yeah. You know, dark depression, yeah. dark times, you know, because not only did I lose so many people, all at once, those being really close to me and some, you know, not as close, um, but I've been acquainted with, you know, it's like, then my aunt that I was really close to, she moved away two hours away and became ill herself with uh, dementia. Mm. And then my sister moved to the coast. So it's like, okay, you know. So now it's just you. Yeah, me and my daughter. And it's like, okay, so it's just me and her. So what you do from there is you just learn to live. Yeah. You learn to pick yourself back up and learn to, as my mom would say, it learn to fly. Mm. She would say, I'm learning to fly. So that's exactly what I'm trying to do is I'm learning to fly because yeah. I have to learn how to be myself again mm-hmm. and figure out who I am without the surrounding people that I grew up with, you mm-hmm. know, do things the way that I want to do them, you know, Without the influence of people. Yeah. If that makes any sense. You know? Yeah. I mean, the dynamic isn't there. Mm-hmm. Used to, like Thanksgiving, you knew what Thanksgiving was. It was this yeah. person, this person, this person. They were yeah. going to bring this dish. We're going to meet at this house. It's going to be this time. Yep. This is what we do. Now you're going into Christmas. You know, we've already went through Thanksgiving. You're going to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so you have your own traditions that you're going to be creating for yourself and your daughter now. Yeah. What does that look like exactly, right? That's exactly it, you know. Things that we have to create for ourselves. And I have to be creative, you know, cuz 
I'm the one that has to make this happen now. Yeah, and that's difficult yeah. when you're not particularly excited about a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, because when everything else has been planned for you your whole entire life, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to go here. We're going to do that. You know, this is going to happen when, you know. But then when all of that is taken away, you have to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do? We meaning me and my daughter. You know, how are we going to spend the holidays as just us two? Mm-hmm. You know, and of course I have my older sister as well, you know, but she has her family and they have their things that they do. So really it's just me and my daughter. And so we figure it out. We just make things happen and we, like you said, make new traditions and um, just things that make us happy for ourselves. Yes. Um, can I cheat a little bit? All right. So you are writing your book, Beautifully Traumatic, right? Yes. And I know it's not complete. So for you listeners who want to read it, it's not going to be out quite yet. Um, but I already, (laughs) (laughs) I've got the first three chapters. And so I want to know if, uh, if I could read a part of chapter three, just, just a little bit. Okay. Is it okay? Yeah. So I'm going to pull that up and read this here. All right. So chapter three, you've titled, We Did Everything Together. Mm-hmm. And that's why it brought that chapter in my mind, because you're talking about what's life like. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little poem. Did you write You wrote this? I did. Yeah. So Because I thought, well, did she borrow this from somebody? But you didn't credit anybody, so it's yours. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it says, We Did Everything Together. Walks on the beach at sunrise, sunset, and early morning hours. We did everything together. Rang in many New Years with party hats and lots of dancing. We did everything together. You taught me to dance, to lead, and to follow. Turning, twirling, and spinning me around to every song. We did everything together. Demolition, breaking, and tearing things down. Surgeries with you making the nurses think you've lost your mind. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I wish I could have known your mother. But then, dot, 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 you left me. You woke me just in time to see you off to your eternal home. You didn't take me with you. I watched you go and couldn't do anything or go to. And now, dot, dot, dot. I will do everything with her the way we did everything together. That's a very beautiful little poem. It is. I like that. So you're going to carry her along with you on your journey. What, what I'm learning from chapter three so far, and I haven't, you know, I know there's several chapters to come, but it seems like where you're going to be taking us is that you're going to show us what it's like to take her with you. Mm-hmm. So what's that look like? We're getting, this is a Christmas, we're dealing with grief during the holidays. Mm-hmm. You're two years out from this traumatic, beautifully traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. We're going into Christmas. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? <laughs> how do you carry her? So one of the things that mom would always do with me specifically around the holidays, and this is also in my book as well, um, was with dancing, rocking around the Christmas tree would come on the radio. Mm-hmm. She would always come up to me, grab me by the hands, and you know, just dance with me to that one in particular song. Now, she used to be a dance instructor back in her day. Mm. She was a ballroom dance instructor, so she had the moves, you know, and she would always tell me it's all about the footwork, (laughs) quote, unquote, you know. And so now, 
that she's not with us We're anymore. We're talking dancing with the stars kind of dancing here. Yeah. Like yeah. true total the tango, black- the samba, quick step, you know. Oh yeah, Fox all drop. of that. Oh yeah, all of that. And she she would watch that with me sometimes too. And she'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's the quick step," before they would even say it's the quick step. And I'm yeah. like, "Okay, right on." <laughs> <laughs> she knew her stuff, you know. Yeah. And so you know, she would dance with me to that one song, "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree," you know, and um, spin me around, and you know, just one, two, three you know, just the the footwork of it and taught me a few things. And so now every time I hear that song, what do I do? I get my daughter, hey, let's dance to this song. And so I dance with her the same way that mom would dance with me. And, you know, I try to um, live that legacy with doing the same things that mom did with me that I do with my daughter, you know, because um, I think about the way that I felt when I lost mom. And my relationship with her. And then I think about my relationship with my daughter and the way that she loves me, cares for me. You know, she has that security for me that I had from my mom. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. That's what keeps me going right there. Yeah. So I look at her and I'm like, I want to give her the best life that I can in mom's absence, the way that mom gave me the best life. When I was a kid and growing up, and based on based on your story, you're doing something that your mother never had to, because she always had her mother. Mm-hmm. So this is completely new, un you know un what do they call it? Unfallowed ground where it's not uncharted territory. Uncharted territory. Yeah. So you're doing something that she never did. Yeah. But you've got her with you still. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think that she would be. And, and this is one of the things, too, that you experience with grieving is, you know, the first thing that I want to do about yeah. writing my book, hey, mom, guess what? I'm writing a book. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> but, of course. You just made me think of something else. Am I allowed to cheat again? Just sure. a little bit? <laughs> okay. I just want to cheat a little bit. <laughs> and I think it's in 13 Deep. That's the chapter one. Okay. Um, and I'll let you explain. Why don't you go ahead and explain while I'm finding it what 13 Deep meant? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, coming from a, a big family, we did everything together, not quoting chapter three, but we literally, you know, the whole family would take trips together and everything. And there was like five of us plus some, and my grandmother would go with us on vacations and holiday events. Everything would be a whole huge group effort. And most of the time there was 11, 12, 13 of us. Mm-hmm. And so that is why I said 13 deep. And that's actually a quote from my sister. She's like, yeah, we roll 13 deep, meaning <laughs> we that roll. is how many we are. You know? <laughs> well, so from chapter one, thir- uh, 13 deep, when I read this, I haven't talked to you about it yet. <laughs> I wanted to, but I haven't. And I, I'm going to give our listeners a taste of what's to come because this is hilarious. I love this. <laughs> So it says, as time passed and we got older, Thanksgiving wasn't as special to us anymore. We just considered it Black Friday Eve. (laughs) Now, this is awesome. Listen to this, Andy. This is fantastic. We had a system, a method to our madness. When dinner was finally finished and our bellies were full, we would clear the table, get out all of the sales papers, notebooks, and make our game plan. I, I'm I'm imagining like little Kevin <laughs> setting up his house, you know, like yeah. the traps. Yeah. <laughs> we were making Christmas lists, checking them twice. Who was going to what store? Who was teaming with who, et cetera? <laughs> who was teaming? I thought, oh, wait a minute. This sounds very competitive. <laughs> so, but it, oh, and boy, listen to this. I love it. <laughs> 
It went something. <laughs> this is one of the funniest pieces. I would I would film this if I could. It went something like this. And <laughs> she's got a colon. <laughs> Mom, Tana, Chrissy, go to Walmart for the trampoline and the 56-piece Tupperware set for $10. <laughs> Reka, hit Target. D, U and B. And now these are people I don't know their names yet, right? Uh-huh. D, U and B in line at Best Buy for the Xbox. Everybody got a walkie-talkie? <laughs> you guys have walkie-talkies. <laughs> this is hilarious. That's great. Hot hands, coffee, and warmly dressed. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Cracks knuckles, pops neck, jog, jog, jog. Watch out. Here it is. Listen to this. Watch out, blue-haired ladies. <laughs> We're on a mission. We're going to get that baby alive if we have to politely bump you. Now, listen. Did you do this? Um, maybe. Listen, <laughs> we have to politely bump you with our shopping cart to distract you while our teammate grabs it from your cart. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you, mom was oh, vicious. Funny. Mom was vicious. She would be the type to kind of do that kind of a thing, you mm. know, because when it comes to the children or the grandbabies, heck yeah, man. Have you ever seen Jingle All the Way? <laughs> Do you remember that part? You know, they're always at, they're after that, whatever his name was, Turbo Man or whatever, and mm-hmm. the craziness oh, of yeah, the holidays. Yeah. So you guys were going to get yours. That, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're I'm just like, distraction. They, dude, they got walkie-talkies and all this stuff. Man, they don't, people don't, well, maybe people do Black Friday shop, but they, I feel like the deals aren't the same as they used to be they, back in the day. Infamously, they weren't this year. Because they of were internet shopping. Because yeah. of internet shopping, I guarantee you. You know, everything comes from Amazon now or anything online. And, you know, so you don't have to go out to do Black Friday shopping anymore because well, you, you can do it online. Well, you think that would inspire greater sales to move people out Yeah, in brick and mortar stores, house. yeah, get them, mm-hmm. get them in there. There were no, there were no sales this yeah. year, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> I thought, this is a bananas family. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. I think mm-hmm. it, it sounds hilarious. It does, yeah. And one part that you left out, yeah. I think you stopped before you got to the actual part, uh-huh. is... That is legit, y'all. I mean, that is actually what we would do. Yeah. Okay, that is no exaggeration. We would literally clear the tables, make our list, you know, hot hands. We would use the walkie-talkies, standing outside of Best Buy for four hours in the freezing cold just for an Xbox. Yeah. That was us, okay? Yeah. And then, like, going into the stores um, for whatever we were on a mission for, once we would get it, it's like, oh, yeah, you need to get that for Chase, you know, my nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd wrap it up. Christmas morning, you unwrap your gift. Hold up. Yeah. I waited in line for four hours for this Xbox that I just opened up. You told me that was for Chase. Like, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> no. So there was like espionage yeah. involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's, and for whatever reason, when I was reading it, I kept, I can't remember the name of the, the song. It's a, it's a classical, it's a song they play at Christmas or maybe not at Christmas. You know, like you guys are just running around like mad, crazy people. Is that mad Russian Christmas? Yeah. 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 Just running around. So, so now, I mean, so t- let's talk about this Christmas. It's only a few days away. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I like your tone. <laughs> You're such a biased. Easy now. That was her last, that's her last name. So what, so, um, you're, you're wearing a shirt right now. It says Christmas lights are my favorite color. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So what's up? Like, what's this Christmas looking like for you? What are you thinking? So yeah, my shirt is really trying to 
bring out the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. It's really trying to set the mood, set the tone. Though I may not be feeling it on the inside, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make myself get there. Yeah. You know, and by participating in the Christmas songs and the shopping and everything, just kind of forces myself into it yeah. versus sitting at home saying, oh, well, I've lost everybody. You know, this is going to be a, a crappy Christmas. You know, no, you still have to move forward. You still have to, you know, make it happen, yeah. especially if you have kiddos. So this Christmas coming up, am I excited about it? <laughs> Probably not, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, to be honest with you. But because, I mean, even this Christmas is different from last Christmas because, you know, a lot of things have happened just within one year Yeah. versus the past two years. Yeah, the changing of a relationship. Exactly. The changing of a job, exactly. a very recently thing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, this time last year we had our tree up. We had it decorated. Everything was good and golden. And, you know, even though we didn't have mom, we still, you know, made it happen. This year... There's even less of us than there were last year, like you said, due to a breakup. And it's like, well, how do we move forward from that? It's like, now I'm really just by myself with yeah, my kiddo. Right. You know, how am I going to go get a tree and trim it myself? Yeah. You know, who who does that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I've been trying to convince myself to pick up a tree for two weeks. <laughs> have you? <laughs> right? You don't have one in the house yet? No. It's like a Charlie Brown, like three or four footer or something little, but I just haven't <laughs> quite got it. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we know we have to go get a tree, and we, we've even talked about it, you know. And um, even with the breakup, he and I, are, we're, we're civil. We're talking. You know, we're, we're trying to work it out, and it's actually we're okay, you know, but yeah. not where we were a year ago, um, which makes it hard. But um, just trying to continue to make it happen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we're still going to get a tree. I don't Does know it have when. to be a live tree? Yes. Is that a rule? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're so biased. No. She says, her, her daughter says no. Her daughter says It doesn't nah. have to be a live tree. Her daughter, Annalie, is in the studio with us and she doesn't have a, <laughs> so she's shaking her head no. It does not have to be a live well, tree. Well, let me explain though, because mom growing up, um, this is another mom thing. She never, ever, ever had a fake tree. Yeah. She's like, I don't believe in because fake trees. For most yeah. of her life, they were terrible looking to yeah. be fair yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah also people before the wright brothers barely ever flew mm-hmm. eh. so you know we although always, they're so expensive you want to hear something really ridiculous. weird What's that? i've never had a live tree you're never. missing out <laughs> no i'm not i'm not missing anything the hardest part about the fake trees when i water it yeah. Because it, the water never goes anywhere so let me tell you okay so and maybe i should do this i don't know but yeah. The only thing you're missing out on is burning it. Yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> right. Christmas trees burn amazingly. Yeah, they just so go up in quick flame, is, right? Yeah, this is this is kind of funny. You know, so every year, my whole entire life, except for one year, when I lived in Charleston, um, we had a fake tree. And I was like, why? You know, I mean, this is this is not my life here. You know, it's a fake tree. Even decorating that thing was like, you, you got to readjust the branches because it's like that uh, wire or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's not legit. <laughs> yeah. That's not how I was raised, you know. And I even told mom, yeah, we have a fake tree. She was like, what? <laughs> yeah. But so, yes, to answer your question, it has to be a live tree because that's how we roll. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, yeah. But we would get a live tree, and the smell of the live tree is just, you know, I mean, that just kind of helps the mood, helps that, the, the that spirit, is true. you know, and everything. Okay. You they know? do sell, which yeah. I know and I use. know, but it's not real. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> but 
So every year we would get our real tree and, you know, dad would carve it and we would put it up and everything. And mom would get all the excess branches um, to make her own wreath to hang on the door. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So but you- it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. She never actually got the wreath made. So we would have all these huge random branches like laying outside on the ground. Yeah, I'm going to make a wreath out of that. No, she didn't. That's <laughs> she, hilarious. She never made it happen, you know, but th- that's just one of the Christmas memories that I hold on to forever, you know, because maybe I'll get some extra branches and leave them on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's like, that's funny. Now that's the tradition. That's the tradition. They're like, what are you, why, why is all that stuff laying in the yard? Well, you know, shut your, you shut your mouth. Did you remember to put your turkey bones out for Mariah Carey? <laughs> Oh uh, man, I don't even know what that reference is from, but it's just hilarious to think about. Yeah, it's it's a TikTok <laughs> joke, okay. and then and the joke is basically a skit where people pretend like mm-hmm. they genuinely do that, and other people are just wildly confused <laughs> by it, and they're like, "No, you have to put your turkey bones out for yeah. Mariah Carey." <laughs> Lord, I love it. But so, you know, moving forward, even into this Christmas, with it being so different from last Christmas and having mom with us during the Christmas holiday, um, I, I've decided that we're going to do um, our own thing. Like me and my daughter, Analia, we're going to make Christmas crafts in honor of my mom because she was a crafty person. She made all these crafts, Christmas ornaments and everything. So we're just going to start doing things like that in her honor to carry on her memory Mm-hmm. And, you know, just make our own traditions um, and just make it through, even though it's just us and our own little family, mm-hmm. you know, that that's that's how we're going to do it. Because, yeah. you know, we really don't have any other choice, you know? Yeah. So. What was your mom's name? Sharon. Full name. Sharon Pinkerton. Sharon Pinkerton. Ooh, Pinkerton. Yes. Now, there's, you know, do you know what's famous about the name Pinkerton? The Weezer yes. album? It's the beginning of the FBI. The Pinkerton, the Pinkerton Agency. Detection Agency. Yeah. Yes, I've heard all about it. <laughs> oh, it's not impressive to you. I mean, it is, but it's just like, come on, I've heard that a billion times. <laughs> Mrs. Pinkerton did a great job with you. She really did. And you are very talented at writing. I'm very excited to get the book. <laughs> Super excited. But it means a lot to me that you came in here and shared all that. It does. Thank I'm you. so glad that you did. And I you know, want to be a part of some family espionage. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I want a walkie-talkie. <laughs> right? That was fun back in the day. I mean, we had a blast. And that's why I said Thanksgiving, just, you know, we eat, then we shop. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Black Friday Eve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Well, thanks for being here. Thank yeah, you for thank having you. me. Yeah. So you guys are going to hear from Chrissy Bias later in the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to come back and share your actual testimony. Mm-hmm. But then um, I hope... That we can get the moody and biased thing going. If not, we might have to do Mrs. Biased. We'll figure it out, but it'll be fun. We'll have you on and do some funny segments you okay. know, next year. I'm super excited about All that. Right. Sounds- we're adding some comedy to the show. Oh, we're going to try. <laughs> you mean the price is right horn wasn't <laughs> wasn't good enough. Wasn't cutting it. That one joke that you shared in the last three years yeah. isn't cutting it. <laughs> I, I shared two. I just shared the other joke I know real early on. <laughs> Which brings me, uh, although we're at the end of it, have you, do you remember the group, the Flight of the Concords? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, they're from New Zealand. They yeah. were fantastic. They Very were so funny. funny. And one of my favorite songs that they put out was uh, The Most Beautiful Girl in the Room. Yeah. You know, in the whole wide room. You could be a part-time model. 
<laughs> that was one of the lines. But you probably should keep your normal job. That's what the tagline. Yeah. Anyway, one of the lines in the song, he says, it's me and you and seven other dudes around you on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, and then I do both of my dance moves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you've never heard Beautiful Girl in the Room by the Flight of the yeah. Concords guys, go look it up. Then I, it's, both of my dance both, both of my dance That sounds right. But the way he me. says it, it's because they're very like funk, you know, like funk rock kind of sounding. <laughs> and he's like, both of my dance moves. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> anyway. Well, Chrissy, thanks for being in here. Andy, thanks for the joke. Thank you. The other joke that you know. <laughs> Analia, you can't say anything, but thanks for being in here. Super cool. She was so quiet. <laughs> She's a good girl. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we will talk to you guys again next time. And I hope that you all do have a Merry Christmas. And for those of you who are hurting, who may have been listening to this, we hope that it helped. And my you heart can... goes out to you. Yeah. Mine does too. So Merry Christmas to everybody. And we will talk to you again next time on the Burrs of Berea. Peace out. Hey guys, this is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea. You'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys.